0: Welcome to Fairfax County's Enviropod, where we discuss any topic having to do with the environment and how the county's Department of Public Works and Environmental Services supports the county's environment and infrastructure in so many ways. I'm Scott Coco. You may not realize it, but this suburban county, which is turning more and more urban these days, is full of water. Everywhere you turn, there's a stream, or run as we like to call them around here, that is flowing through our neighborhoods, and into tributaries, and then deposits into the Potomac River and Chesapeake Bay. Handling this flow of water is a challenge, as the engineers that work with DPWES have to work with Mother Nature to keep our streams from damaging infrastructure and property. Today I have with me Dave Anglin, Project Manager in the Stormwater Planning Division of DPWES. So Dave, I've got some Water sounds flowing through here, and you're a supposed expert. So tell me which run this is that uh, that we're hearing right now.
1: Oh, Set the challenge early. Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. So you, you failed that one already. Actually, it's a trick question. That's my dishwasher. So, um, so Dave, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself and your background, and and what you do with DPWES.
1: Thanks, Scott, for having me. I appreciate it. Um, I'm a section chief in the stormwater planning division, and I work in a branch that actually does project implementation. I've been with the program since late 2008 uh, and worked on quite a few projects throughout the county doing detention basin retrofits, uh, addressing flooding problems, and doing stream restorations. I've supervised the work of Five or six different project managers, engineers, uh, over that time period, and carried my own project load as well.
0: When we first met uh, in the cold of January, and and yeah, <laughs> in uh, in waiters out uh, at Backlick Run, which we're going to be talking uh, a lot about today, I I found it very interesting what you were telling me about the geography of Fairfax County and how much water is coming through. You know, we don't have a giant river that we embank, um, but there is a lot of water flowing underneath and throughout the county. Can you talk about that?
1: Fairfax County has a little over 1,600 miles of independent streams um, that flow into the the Potomac River eventually, and and then it it all goes into the Chesapeake Bay. Um, The the county is divided roughly into three physiographic provinces. In the, the far west, there is the Triassic Basin, and that is underlaid by a, a a huge lava flow that took place during the Triassic period. And actually, the Triassic Basin uh, stretches up into Maryland and goes down past Culpeper and a little past Charlottesville. Um, that's in the far west. In the, in the middle is the Piedmont. And on the eastern side of Fairfax County is the Coastal Plain. And that Coastal Plain, roughly the demarcation between the, the Coastal Plain and the Piedmont area is the I-95 highway corridor.
0: Okay. And that's a little bit of the area that we're talking about today. Exactly. Tell me what um, the effect that the streams have on the, the landscape of the county.
1: The aspects of streams are, are really multi-fold. There are quite a, quite, quite a wide range. Streams um, help support and feed riparian corridors where we can have a, a riparian forest that can be uh, very rich and intact and provide a great de- deal of biodiversity. But when streams destabilize, that water flowing through the, the bed and the banks of the, the stream channel can be eroded, and all of that water coming through there can essentially destroy that rich biodiversity in that riparian corridor.
0: What does riparian mean
1: adjacent to the the water oh okay. adjacent to the the yeah the stream
0: okay fancy uh, fancy forestry terms <laughs> so streams aren't constant they they are moving a lot based on the um, amount of water flow based on rain, um, but also it is affected by um, construction and urbanization, correct? Yes, that's true. What does uh, the human impact on the stream, how does that cause it to move?
1: When you get into, um, start talking about urbanizing areas, impervious surfaces play a critical role. Um, Impervious surfaces are the streets, We drive on the parking lots, the roofs at the shopping center where these parking lots exist. It's our driveways, and it's a shed in our backyard. And every bit of impervious surface that gets put into place causes prevents water from actually soaking into the ground and recharging the the groundwater. The water runs off very quickly and gets to our stream channels much faster and with a greater velocity. Think about it for a minute. If the water has to soak into the ground, if it has to flow down a slope and go around the, the understory, the, the, the shrubs, the trees, the water gets diverted, the velocities don't pick up, and you don't get concentrated water. But you take the trees and the shrubs out of the equation, and you start putting in a grass lawn, the water will move more quickly. Even though the, the grass offers some friction, it will move more quickly than if you were in a forested area. Similarly, when water runs off of a parking lot, it runs extremely fast. You drop it into a concrete pipe, and that pipe helps accelerate the, the water's velocity, and then it enters the stream channel. And the stream is bed and bank soil, it's, it's gravel, it's cobbles, but we have now upset that dynamic equilibrium by pushing that water more quickly into a stream channel that it ha- is not used to, that cannot accommodate the power and the velocity of that much water all at one time.
0: Tell me about the Backlick Run Stream Restoration Project.
1: Backlick Run has been um, severely impacted and has been going through a, a, a lot of destabilization and adjustment, stabilizing and destabilizing for quite a number of years and in late 2016 a resident had, had, had called in to express share some information and express concern that he was able to see the stream um, that he had not been able to see over the prior 10, 12, 15 years that he had lived at the property.
0: And it's getting closer and closer and closer to his backyard.
1: Exactly. The forest that used to separate his backyard from the stream had, had been removed and essentially eroded away and washed downstream to the extent that the forest no longer existed. And a stream bank, a steep stream bank, was steadily moving towards his property line.
0: Now, I was out there. Now, when you say steep stream bank over by that gentleman's backyard, that is it, – it's not like it tapers off and he goes, oh, the stream's no, a little closer. No, uh-uh. When you say erosion, it, it is literally uh, – in that area near that gentleman's backyard, there is a cliff that—that that is, I don't know, probably 14 to 16 feet, something like that.
1: When – when we discovered the um, exposed sanitary sewer line last July, the cliff face went was about 18 feet tall from the, the ground surface down to the bottom of the stream bed where the 33-inch line was exposed. It was exposed about a foot, foot and a half below that sanitary pipe.
0: And, and so uh, 20 years ago, that would have been a slow incline down... Down to the pre- where the stream previously was, as opposed to um, where you know six feet behind his backyard, there's a, a drop off.
1: It would it would have been a very much different situation and circumstance.
0: Wow. Yeah. Um, it, it's really impressive, uh, awe inspiring. Once you're out there to realize how much land and se- sediment has moved. Because when you think the word stream, you you almost think like a little creek almost. But this is bigger than that. Uh,
1: Backlick Run, at this point where this project is, Backlick Run drains about 6.3 square miles. And that's a lot of water coming through there. We've estimated since 2007, Backlick Run has eroded away somewhere close to 2.5 acres of property and moved... What is approaching 800,000 cubic feet of soil downstream into um, Cameron Run. And eventually that sediment will, will, will move out of Cameron Run and into the Potomac River.
0: Where in the county is this?
1: Backlick Run is, is bounded on the south by the, the Beltway, on the, on the west and west by um, 395 and on the the north and east, roughly by Edsel Road. So this puts it east of Route 95, and as I mentioned earlier, it puts it into the area known as the coastal plain. And in this particular case, um, the, the water is having a dramatic impact on coastal plain soils. In this area, those coastal plain soils are soft, alluvial soils. They've accumulated over eons of time, and it's cobble. It's gravel. It's fine sands. There are some clay aspects, but the cobble and the gravel and the sands are susceptible to um, erosive shear stresses, um, particularly when you're, you're talking about draining over six square miles.
0: What are some of the other infrastructure concerns with the, the rapid movement of this stream?
1: The stream, Backlick Run, comes, runs underneath a Norfolk Southern Railroad bridge and Norfolk Southern over the years has had to um, come out and make um, some repairs and, and, and conduct work in order to armor the banks and protect their infrastructure. Um, sanitary lines get exposed uh, downstream from Backlick Run. There was a, an emergency several years ago to repair an, another exposed sanitary line, but anything, that might, anything else that might be buried, including water lines, uh, electric lines, potentially gas transmission lines, those, those are subject to being exposed and putting that infrastructure at risk. Um, a few years ago, uh, Dominion Energy had to go out and replace wooden power poles with a large galvanized pole set on top of about a 10-foot diameter concrete pier because the soil around the wooden poles had been, was being eroded completely by Backlick Run.
0: Talk to me about the emergency project that was done right before I went out there in late January and waiters freezing my butt off um, <laughs> in the snow. But in uh, the mud and snow, it was, uh, it was glorious. Tell me about that emergency project and the environmental infrastructure that you guys put in to then redirect the stream back towards an area where it was before.
1: Sure. In um, mid-July, I think it was the weekend of the July 19th through roughly the 21st, there was a great deal of rain that, that fell throughout the region in, in that time period. But in particular, in the area near, the ba- near, near where we have this Backlick Run project, um, it was estimated that approximately seven and a half inches of rain fell over that time wow. period. It, just an in, incredible amount of of rain. Thank
0: God it wasn't snow. <laughs> 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 I hate snow. That would have oh.
1: <laughs> But as um, really as as luck would have it, on, uh, on we were out there walking the stream on July twenty seventh as part of the the scheduled work for the design. This, the Backlick Run stream restoration. So we were out there on Friday the 27th and discovered that that amount of rain had moved the embankment approximately five feet, somewhere between five and six feet further north, move, removing enough soil to create that 18-foot um, escarpment and to expose completely expose about 50... Maybe 60 feet of 33-inch sanitary um, transit t- transmission main pipe. As soon as we discovered the the exposed line in the in the stream, we contacted the, our wastewater collections division to let them know. They had um, they sent some staff out to do the inspection, and that that next day, Saturday. They had a contractor mobilized out there to start reburying that sanitary main so that it would not collapse and dump um, sewage into Backlick Run. The contractor uh, worked out there moving a lot of the streambed material to rebury that line and create a, a bit of a, a slope and then to put out some, some large stones, uh, large riprap, in order to help armor and protect that slope and, and the work that they had done but the stream was still eroding bank material bed and banks material and was threatening to unravel the the emergency repair work that wastewater's contractor had had done and expose that line again the stream was not going to be deterred it was going to go back to its original alignment that exposed that line so we stormwater came in behind the wastewater and we aided in an emergency response to protect the, that sanitary line, and we helped move the stream back to um, its position where it was somewhere at around 2000, 2005, uh, the, the original alignment, and back to uh, an alignment close to where the ultimate stream restoration project will have um, the, the stream channel located. But this was an emergency, and we needed to get some armoring in out there. And in or, putting this armoring in was beyond the expertise of the Wastewater Collection Division staff, but it was well within the experience that we have in stormwater planning.
0: So, you know, I, 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 this is something that I, I find very interesting um, because it's not like you put giant uh, fabricated uh, tubes. It's not metal. It's not giant PVC. No. <laughs> um, uh, they're they're uh, natural, environmental um, sand and rocks and a whole science, environmental science behind behind doing this. Explain a little bit about one of my favorite terms, riprap. I love that. <laughs> um, but I mean, it, uh, it's it's um, a combination of. Big gigantic rocks of varying sizes in different parts, uh, as well as adding uh, set local sediment in there. Tell me a little bit about the um, the ecological side of, of the materials that are used.
1: We do our primary approach towards stream restoration and stream restoration design is what's known as natural channel design, and that is a, a, a particular approach. To do the best we can to mimic what we would find in nature, were man not in the equation. So we we try and put the stream back into a a plan form, an alignment with meanders and curves in it, at an, at a, a depth um, that again we might find if if, if we weren't an urbanized uh, community. And so our, our approach is to use w- what we find in the the stream. Corridor and the stream channel, to the extent that it can withstand the shear stresses that an urban environment imposes upon the bed and banks, it's not always the case. We usually have to add a little bit larger stone in order to create uh, a reinforced bed material that that can help stay in place. But we use um, large, larger, imbricated stone. In order to uh, create what's called grade control devices, uh, some of them are called cross crossfanes, J-hooks. Some, you know, some people may be familiar with those terms. Mm-hmm. But essentially, they are stones that are large enough to withstand the shear shear stresses of the water, and help um, direct the water back into the channel, uh, or in some cases, allow the water to get out to the floodplain, and 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 withstand the erosive forces that have caused the the stream to destabilize in the first place.
0: Now, how heavy are some of these rocks, the the stones, for Mm -hmm. riprap?
1: As part of this emergency work, uh, in order to armor that and be sure that we were going to to hold the the armoring in place at least to get through the stream restoration design, these stones are somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, 10 tons, 10, 11 tons each. Each.
0: And how many of those were used for this
1: project? Uh, oh gosh, <laughs> eighty.
0: Wow. Eighty-five of wow. them. Wow. I mean, these are big. These are big stones. I mean, it, it's it's hard to, um, to to envision it. So, after that emergency plan is done, what is going to be happening once construction starts in Backlick Run to make it a stabilized stream?
1: The the ultimate design will remove some of this armoring that's out there, we will be able to reuse the stones with the ultimate um, stream restoration project. But rather than just trying to hold the, the channel in place and, and simply protect uh, the, the, the sanitary infrastructure, we will, we will um, stabilize the, the channel using some of these, these tools, the uh, um, cross veins, and um, we will move part of the channel northward to put it in a better uh, location as far as plan form goes and in a better location to help recreate a riparian corridor. That adds to the biodiversity, but it also adds to the stability of the system. The the biomass, the root mass of all of the plants adjacent to the stream will help hold that stream in place, help stabilize the work and protect our investment out there, um, while at the same time, helping to polish and clean some of the water that does get out into the floodplain at that point during high flows.
0: So in English, we're adding a whole lot of plants and, um, and sediment <laughs> and to make it a more natural environment for the health of the stream to move it down from Backlick Run area towards the Cameron Run area. So um, what is the timeline um, for um, your team to work through this project?
1: We'll be wrapping the final design for the stream restoration up in in the next couple of months. And we're looking at hopefully being able to start construction towards the end of the year, maybe early next
0: year. And then how long does the project take to do?
1: This project is probably going to take somewhere in the neighborhood of 9 to 10 months. It, It may take a little bit longer than that. Okay. But weather's got to cooperate with us.
0: 2021, we're going to have a new backlick run. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we'll have a section of backlick run that will be restored. Okay.
0: <laughs> um and and what are some other runs and stream projects that have gone on within the recent years as, as an example that oh, you guys have worked on?
1: We've we've done work throughout the county. We've got um Work going on in um, this is actually in the Cameron Backlick runs in the Cameron Run watershed. Mm-hmm. A number of, of projects are ongoing in Acutink Creek watershed, uh, Difficult Run. We've got some over at Scotts Run um, that are that's close to the Tyson's Corner area. Um, we're doing work out in the, the the western part of the county in in Cub Run. Um, we've we've had work all over all over the county. We've got. Um, a large body of work that, to, to be proud of and we've got a, a, a great body of work still in the pipeline to come.
0: So uh, with bringing that, how does the county decide which streams to restore?
1: I mentioned earlier, uh, I made reference to our watershed management plans. Those were developed a number of years ago and they generally guide the work that we do. Um, we depend on our ecologists to make recommendations um, each year to help our capital program planning, um, and they go back to those watershed management plans, and they're out doing assessments, uh, habitat and environmental assessments on these streams on a regular basis. So they will come back, and they will make recommendations to help us prioritize the work. Um, we don't always have the, the luxury of depending upon that, that guidance because sometimes we get an urgent call, sure. Like the gentleman at Backlick Run right. said, "Hey, I can see the Priorities screen. I've never changed. been able to see it before." So right. <laughs> the environment right. will drive our decision making sometimes.
0: So, uh, what does a project like this cost?
1: The design for um, Backlick Run is is going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of about eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars, as as I recall. But initially, we estimated that the uh, construction cost was going to be somewhere close to three million dollars um, when we when we first got started on design. I,
0: three million, I, I you know that that sounds reasonable in the fact that it would be saving money as opposed to if there was a environmental disaster if this uh, the sanitary line broke, right, or you know destroying people's property or affecting something. Further on down the road, um, is that something that, that you could talk about?
1: What is harder to appreciate sometimes is we've got nitrogen and phosphorus and sediment that is flowing downstream and having negative impacts on waterways downstreams from, from our, these current locations. So the nitrogen and phosphorus can contribute to huge algal blooms, and when the algae dies off, it will strip all of the oxygen out of the water oh, and wow. and 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 kill the aqua- aquatic life at that point. Um, so there's environmental degradation that goes along with it, in addition to the threats to public and private property and and infrastructure.
0: So this is rather important to keep an eye on. It
1: right? is, <laughs> <laughs> and it's extremely rewarding work. I spent most of my life growing up in Fairfax County, and. As a child, I played in these streams. And so it's extremely re- rewarding for me to be able to come back and do this kind of work now and help do some restoration, um, hopefully for future generations to be able to play in these streams and enjoy the waterways.
0: That's awesome. I, I grew up doing the exact same thing, trying to catch uh, crayfish and, and all that <laughs> stuff and send these, these darn streams. So, um, So if you would like to get any more information about this specific project you can go to fairfaxcounty.gov/ public slash news/ public works projects build resiliency along Backlick run I know that's a long URL but um, if again Fairfax County's website has a, a, a ton of areas and you can just search these things but the backlick run project, uh, is something that there's a whole page on that has images of uh, a lot of the stuff that we talked about. Um, I also worked on a video here with Channel 16 that we did for DPWES on this very project. Yes. That it's, it looks very cold out there when we when we did it, um, which you can go to Channel 16's video on demand and find uh, where you see some great video of exactly. Um, what has been degraded and eroded and the problems that they had, the results of the emergency uh, repairs that were done, and to, to get uh, an idea of what's going to be done along the Backwick um, Run stream area. Thank you for joining us today on Enviropod. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, uh, please email the show at swpdmail at fairfaxcounty.gov. And you can hear this podcast at facebook.com, Fairfax County, slash environment. Uh, You can also hear it on the Public Works homepage at fairfaxcounty.gov, and also fairfaxcounty.gov slash podcast, where all of the county's podcasts live. You can also search Enviropod and or subscribe on SoundCloud. Uh, Dave Anglin, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Scott. And uh, um, please tune in. to the next episode of EnviroPod.